My TBR lowdown cup here. Which I just have it up fairly well, which I will give you guys a little ASMR. It. Yeah, a little. My cup is holding up fairly well. I still, I've only lost one letter, and that's the end. Do you put yours in the dishwasher? No, but I do wash it every time I use it. I'm one of those. And you people. aggressively wash it. I mean, you know, we don't need to say all of that, but. <laughs> Because <laughs> mine still has all of its letters. Oh, and that's oh. so many tumblers that I probably it goes in and out of rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is my preferred one. Um, yeah, I have different tumblers for different things. Like there's mm -hmm. one that I use only when I'm drinking mint tea because the flavor of the mint is so hard to get out. So that one tumbler is only if I'm drinking mint tea. So yeah, I mean, it makes logical sense when you say it, but it also sounds cr crazy. Anyway, all right. So what have you been reading? What did you just finish? Oh what gosh, you got? what you got? Um, I don't have much to say about this because I literally just started it yesterday, and I'm only four chapters, and then the chapters are very, very short. But first, uh, thank you. Who sent me this? Grove Press. Thank you, Grove you Press. Grove for sending me. Mm -hmm. so I've got a couple of new ones. Thank so you, funny. Grove. Press for Sinemi Prophet. This is by um, Sin Blaché and Helen McDonald. Um, she is the author of H's for Hawk, which apparently was a really great book with a lot of buzz, but I've never read it before. But this is a um, like a noir sci-fi read. It has like a queer love story in it as well. And I'm excited to read it. I'll just read a little bit of the flat because again, I just I'm just so early in, I can't really tell you anything about it. Um, but uh, it says, in, in a surreal action-packed quest that takes Adam and Rao from secret laboratories in Colorado to a luxury lodge in Aspen to the remote Nevada desert, the pair begin to uncover how and why people's fondest memories are being weaponized against them by a spooky, ever-shifting substance called profit. As the unlikely twosome battles a strange new reality, Prophet's victims' memories are materializing in increasingly bizarre forms. So I, when I read that blurb, I was like, okay, this is for me. Basically anything sci-fi is going to suck me in anyway. So I'm very <clears throat> interested and very excited to get deeper into this book. That's Prophet. And this is out now. Thank you, Grove Press. Um, I, that does sound good. But I love how, like, you read so much sci-fi. I love it so much. I just freaking love it. Sorry, I'm, 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 you'll see. Are you pulling up one of your apps? No. I was sending something out. So I actually, um, so you remember my lovely friend Emily, who was on this channel on our on our in an episode? Yes. She came out. Remember, she said she was writing another one. So she wrote a collection of poems um that were like um group time. I'm out of breath from carrying the dog on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> that are like uh, good, they're seasonal poems that are from Hades to Persephone. Mm -hmm. And so she was writing the cow, the companion to that, which is Persephone's poems um and so that is out well this isn't 
that's the cover. Um, mm-hmm. It's from Persephone with love. And I just finished this. It's out like this coming week. It's going to be out. And I just wanted to talk about it because we, yes. love, we love Emily. We stand Emily. And I think that this one, one, it's even better. And oh. two, it's a little bit darker, especially like the winter poems are a little bit like angstier, a little darker, a little mm. like, I, I just, I was, I was vibing with it. I was, I was really, really happy. I, I kind of like this one a little bit more. And I love that you can like kind of read them together. And it's just this fun little project. I mean, so many people love the Hades and Persephone myth. And there's so yeah. much like written that is inspired by that. So mm-hmm. this is just kind of a, a, it's a fun little take on it. And I like it. Yeah. I like it I'll have to, I'll have to read it. I did see her post about it. I offered her, so, you know, a congratu- congratulatory message. And I was very excited for her because she did talk about that when she mm-hmm. was on our show. So yeah. I'll definitely give that a read as well, because I am interested to see what she did with this. And um, I am curious to know what she's going to do next. Will she continue doing poetry? Will she do a novel at some point? Uh, a novella? Like, I'm just, I yeah. wanted to know what she's going to do. Yeah, I love so. that she decided to just sort of leap. And she, yeah, I think it's a really it's a really good episode for people that are also writers or want to be writers. For uh, sure. Offers some really great insight into how to um, perhaps self pub uh, on the on when you don't have all the money in the world. I mean, you mm-hmm. can spend as little or as much as you want um, mm-hmm. publishing a novel. And I think she gives some good tips to you. Just get that like first one out uh, or even Absolutely. a poetry collection. Because I think once you start going, then, you know, you can get some momentum and and really run with it. Uh, and sometimes it's just hard to get started, period. So For sure. I'll be sure to, I will link that episode in the show notes for this episode. So you all can refer back to that because she did talk a lot about yeah. great resources. I think it's really informative. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really informative. And especially for people that don't have a ton of, and you can spend thousands yeah. of dollars publishing a book and have sure. it give you no returns, or you can follow some tips and tricks from Emily and just get your foot, like <laughs> jump in the pool. And, yeah. Um, get just dive in. Yeah. Dive. There's, there you go. I am brain yep. dead. <laughs> I just feel like every episode of, of TBR lowdown for this season is just going to be <laughs> Night bitch. This is the talk. (laughs) Alyssa adjusting to uh, night shift. That's what it is. If we could do everything in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. I'd be fine. Well, maybe we'll start doing that. No, Mm -hmm. because you have TV time. Not when I'm recording. In the castle. Not when I'm recording. I know. You know, I love love my nighttime TV time. You know, I need to start a TV podcast as well. That's what I also need to have in my life because the shows, let me, okay, before we move on to what what are you watching? Do we get a new segment? It's just what is Naomi watching? Seriously, because, okay, you all know, some of you know, I read The Change by Brittany Laval. It was either last year or the year before. I liked most of it. There was something that happens towards the middle to the end where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I love that shift, but Overall, it was a good story. Mm-hmm. The show on Apple TV is absolutely outstanding. Fantastic so casting. The narration is done by Victor. It's great. I mean, it is eerie. It is creepy. It is disturbing. I just love it. It is so dark. The woman that's playing the lead character, this Canadian actor, she is blowing my freaking mind. It's It's fantastic. Well, if I ever watch a TV show again, <laughs> it could be mine. Add that to the list. Hey, I watched the um, 
Empire of Pain show. And I told you to watch it. So and I feel I like that is. That's weird. something. Because mm-hmm. I'm always telling you to watch stuff. It's mm-hmm. rare if you tell me and to watch something. <laughs> right. And it's not because I don't want to. Um, it's mostly because I just don't watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and said like if you start, you'll go down a really deep rabbit hole of like just being into the TV. Yes. I think I have a really good balance of both. I can't do that. I don't balance well in general. Yeah. So So, the changeling, if you guys haven't watched it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we are going to be doing a series of lives scattered throughout here to kind of catch up on some of Mm -hmm. our what are they bi-monthly reads uh, yes for, yes from our reading list for for tbr lowdown for the year because we did have that like hiccup in between seasons where yeah all of both of our lives got flipped on their heads so <laughs> um we have to catch up on i think two books three books if we count sphinx exactly and hopefully we'll be up to date um and so this is a very belated discussion of Greek lessons. Very much. Very which much. Hopefully is even helpful <laughs> as a discussion considering how long it's been since we were yeah. supposed to be talking about this. Yeah. I mean, you had to read it twice because of me. So <laughs> I did have to read it twice because of you. Um <laughs> and that's exactly why when I picked it up from the library last week, I just popped a squat in the library. And just started reading it right then and there. I was like, let me at least get through 100 pages. Because if so. Alyssa had to read it the third time, she would have been very upset. Yes, it would have <laughs> been a bad thing. It would have been a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you don't know Han, uh, Greek Lessons is Han Kang's newest release. It came out in early spring, I believe. Um, and it follows two different storylines. You have a man who's a teacher who is slowly, well, rapidly, but over mm-hmm. his lifetime, slowly losing his eyesight. Um, he's basically predetermined to be blind at some point. Uh, and so he's in the point in the story where he's kind of like escalating to blindness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also a poet who is his student um, and she is, has lost the ability to speak, which is a very interesting thing to happen to a poet of all people to lose the ability to to project i guess words and thoughts and all that mm-hmm. um and it's really this very quiet story that goes back and forth between these two people as they have this interaction with each other and looking back on other things from outside of this um he goes back through a series of letters and ruminations uh talking about um his life in Germany, which is where he lived for a number of years uh, and past loves and people he knew there and things like that. And then she gets some reflections back into her relationship with her son and her ex-husband and the things in her life that um, are going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, And then there's just a whole lot of discussion of the blindness and the muteness. Mm -hmm. So, yep. uh, I guess that's the best summary I can make of Mm -hmm. Greek lessons. Well uh, what thank you i'm gonna leave now <laughs> um, so what i read it twice i should be able to summarize it yes now. yes you did mm-hmm. so what I, I know that we were talking behind the scenes about how this is probably gonna be a very brief episode and i think mm-hmm. that that says a lot about this book but what were your thoughts 
I think for me, Greek lessons is a good example of, although you may not be um, completely enamored with a book, it may not be like, oh my God, this is the best book ever. You can still have a very deep appreciation for what was written. That's my experience with this. I don't love it like I did the vegetarian, yeah. but I do have a very deep appreciation for these pages, the words on these pages. I do think it is extremely well-written, um, quite beautiful and poetic most of the time. And it does deal with some very um, heavy topics, but there was something that, and I don't know, maybe this was intentional on um, Han's part, but I did feel very disconnected from most of the story. I, I could not, I could not find my footing with it. I couldn't like grasp anything. Um, so that was a, a weird feeling. And I, at the end, I started to think, does she do that on purpose? You know, because these two, because this is also not a character driven story either. It's not character driven. It's not really plot driven. And it's I was just like, sort of a story. It's just sort of a story. And I was like, did she do, did she do that on purpose so that we would feel what these two people are feeling because they're both going through a tremendous amount of loss um, and, and they're losing their footing through this loss. So I started to question that towards the end, but yes, great appreciation for it. Yeah. Um, I had a hard time on first read. I thought that the voices weren't very distinct on first read. And I will say the second time I did listen to it because um, I was just trying to kind of quickly refresh myself and mm -hmm. having it spoken to me clearly fixed the ability for me to hear the two different voices. Um, but I definitely got more of an appreciation of uh, how she's playing with senses um, in particular in this, in this book. And you would think that that would be obvious, but I think I was looking for plot. I was looking for character. I was looking for mm -hmm. something else the first time. And the second time I was really just trying to have it wash it over, wash over me. Yes. And I think that that was a better way to have, read this or consumed it um it felt like so i know you've you've only read the, the vegetarian right i didn't read that open just a vegetarian so so i i think like the vegetarian and human acts are her best books mm -hmm. uh, i think the white book is a really interesting exercise uh like writing exercise and you can see the talent and the skill han has uh han king has with um with language and wordplay mm -hmm. and um how it can be very subtle and very obvious you know there's there's a lot of talent there and this felt like it was like a step away a couple steps away from like the writing exercise of white book and not quite into like a cohesive narrative like human acts or the vegetarian. Mm, okay. It felt like she was sort of playing with a concept and that of a of of like the importantness of our senses and like how like what happens to us as we lose those things. Mm -hmm. Um and then how do we interact with others? I mean, I think it's very interesting the teacher cannot comprehend that the student might be mute. Um, right. And he just keeps thinking she's deaf she's because deaf, his right. understanding of somebody who doesn't talk is that they're deaf because he has this relationship in his past with this woman that he's in love with who's mm -hmm. deaf. And he keeps, he just keeps talking to her like she's deaf and trying to like communicate. And it right. is interesting how they learn to communicate with each other. I mean, by the end when she's writing things on his palm, it's interesting that these two people can find a way to, right. to 
to talk to each other and especially for her because she doesn't um and her story is very heartbreaking with her child it is it Um, is and it's so sad because like you can feel like this very stifled rage every time something with her kid comes up because she wants to have her kid with her she mm-hmm. wants you can tell that like this is not how she wants her life to be but she can't of even course. speak up for herself because whatever has happened to her to make her stop speaking so and i was it. wondering because you know they talk about she's only had this happen once before when she was a teenager right mm-hmm. and so then i started to think well was it the was it the loss the custody loss of her son that basically um I don't know, activated or triggered this um, this silent anxiety or whatever she's got going on. Is that what triggered her into this moment once again now in adulthood? I mean, it wasn't really clear to me, but I started to think, well, maybe that was the impetus for her, you know, entering back into uh, this this silence. Um, uh, I, well, I, I I sent you my notion page on this, and I don't know if you looked at you know what I didn't it said i didn't have access what email did you send it to i think i just like put it in your oh uh, yes <laughs> says i didn't have access when i tried right, to. well i will have to fix that so that when okay. i do things you can see the random resources i find but i found <laughs> that um like pen america did an interview with her um and a translator and they talk about the book and there's a lot of talk about um because I also thought there was like some sort of very specific trauma, like some very specific triggering event. And it sounds like it's less about like she lost custody of her son or like her husband left her or like the bus didn't come that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and more about just generally losing faith in humanity and then mm-hmm. in language and then in everything else. And then just kind of using that as like sort of a dissociation from humanity Mm. Um, so this well, is why it's like to me I think this is like a really quiet book that yeah. if you like the more like super smart people or the author talk about it I might have a different take on it because that first reading I really disliked this book I was like mm-hmm. this is what I've been waiting for this is the book that I this <laughs> like right right that's interesting because if that is what she was trying to do, it's interesting that she would choose to learn a dead language to like yeah. regain the control over her life, to regain a sense of herself and to uh, do this on her own terms. But then on the flip side, he's losing his sight and he's relying more and more and more on language. He's writing these letters. He's teaching right. languages. He's like, everything is about language. It's the last thing he has is this ability to mm-hmm. there's a deep urgency with him like every mm-hmm. time i was reading his parts everything felt so urgent so rushed so hurried so like this is my last you know rumble with the world because it's gonna yeah. all go dark yeah very quickly mm-hmm. which made me really sad it made me it made me so sad for him um yeah. because he was just trying to rush and do all of these things while he could still see vividly see things and that was just kind of heartbreaking in itself yeah and um have you ever seen the movie dark victory i've never even heard of that okay you have homework is this a oh i I like i like tv watching homework it's not tv it's an old movie but close enough you watch it on a television yes so uh it is about 
uh, a lady who who essentially the the grand reveal is that she's she has like a degenerative eye thing um and she's basically going to go blind and then i believe she just is supposed to die like she's like it's like the beginning of the end when she gets goes blind and it ends up being this incredibly beautiful movie um that i kept thinking about during this whole thing because mm-hmm. you know the blindness thing so yeah. please go watch dark victory okay oh, and then if you really want to cry go watch random harvest <laughs> i'm writing that down okay random harvest is about a woman whose like husband basically loses um has amnesia and then she basically woos him back and then one day he finally remembers who she is oh and you will cry nothing to do with this <laughs> you will cry that book okay. that, that movie makes me just ball I just noted those on a little piece of paper there for me. Okay. You watch Turner movie classics. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, there are also so many, so many quotes that really just hit you right in the heart. I mean, again, it is, it is very poetic. It is very beautifully written. And Mm -hmm. I do feel like this is also a very mm, lonely and vulnerable book. Um, Yeah. And, um, it shows how you have to, there is this push at the end that you do have to rely on other people. You do like, we can't be silos. We have to Mm -hmm. find a way through all of our other things to rely on somebody else sometimes to get through. It's the hardest part sometimes. He was not getting out of the stairwell without her. It's the hardest part sometimes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know students were funny though i feel like there was like that one guy that was he seemed like weirdly bro like he felt like someone she really knew you know like <laughs> weirdly bro i like that yeah he felt very weird like very real yeah yeah i don't know um again you know i'm not in love with it yeah it's it's a weird little book I do have a yeah. question in here in my little resources tab. Yeah. Um, it says, what does it mean that our main characters are nameless? Um, I think maybe it's so that we don't focus on, uh, I don't want to say don't focus on them, but rather what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. Maybe the deeper feelings and emotions of what's happening to them. Um, and when I think about it, as we read it, I, I didn't need it. I never felt like, oh, I need to know these names. Like that, that never even crossed my mind. There was no desire for me to, to know that. What what I was reading about their experiences, like was it filled me up? It, it was enough. The names didn't. It didn't even register to me that we didn't name them. Yeah, like at all. It makes them more easily relatable as anybody. Mm-hmm. Like it could be anyone. Um, it could yeah. be you reading this story who's, mm-hmm. you know, going through whatever uh, that is going to separate them from humanity and the world. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, you know, when we talk about it, it's like there is something very poetic and beautiful about this, the very quiet book that is about somebody who almost 
willingly she's not really willing but like almost willingly has separated from humanity and this other person who is like reluctantly being separated from humanity through right. different uh losses and how i mean he's trying people, to hold on yeah he's trying to hold on and she's just kind of yeah. like all right yeah yeah the world sucks <laughs> and Basically. i understand that <laughs> absolutely absolutely hmm and you put that article in that in your um on your notion board i have i have it's a it's a video so there's a video oh, in there okay i'll have to watch that um sometime this week i'd be yeah they did it at the watch all of that and it's um it's interesting it's a it's a good it's a good little interview yeah um, uh, but it's something that was interesting that came out of it is like in that interview Hong Kang says that uh, she she thought she she had had something sort of similar where she sort of lost the ability to write. Like she had had um, something happen before she broke Greek lessons that had kept her from sort of writing. And then she started to, at some point, she just got this like impetus to write this story and, and writing a story about losing your medium. And and I, I get the sense that maybe she is a bit reflected in the poet who can't be a poet anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and that she finds her love. It's very interesting. Like Han Kang is finding her love of language again. Through yeah. a character who loses her love of language and humanity and human connection. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think she's so talented. So I'll keep. I will keep reading whatever she writes. But. This one just, it felt different, but I know that some it people did. really love it, but I feel like this is the kind of book that's going to be like right down the middle. Um, you know, there's going to be a few people that really love it, but I I think it's going to be, a, it's like a heart. It's not like the vegetarian, which I feel like is sort of polarizing, but like when you love it, you're like the vegetarian. Right. <laughs> that's why, and that's why I mentioned right out of the gate that you cannot quote unquote love a book, but still really appreciate it just because you don't love it. It doesn't mean you hate it. I don't hate this book. Yeah. I just didn't really connect with it like I did the vegetarian. But I appreciate how this was written and what was written. And I will continue to read whatever she puts out. She is an extraordinary talent. I will say that it does grow on you with multiple readings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, um, now, you know, this is my library copy. But um, don't worry. I didn't write in the book, guys. I wrote on paper. <laughs> But um, I am going to get my own copy because I think that maybe a few months down the road, I'll probably will read it again uh, very slowly. Um, and then I can like mark it up. And, you know, you, it's it's hard to mark up a library book because I like to write on the page in addition to writing on notes. And so this felt weird to not be able to do that. <laughs> it felt strange. It did. It did. So. So she wrote this in 2011, but we just got the we just got English it. translation this year. So That's do you know happened. if she has, does she have any other books that haven't been translated yet? Or she just has three? I only I'm, know of three. I, okay. I can't, I can't yeah. recall any others. Um, oh, this is a bummer. I thought I had all my highlights from when I first read it here, but maybe I don't. Maybe they didn't transfer over from my um from my other Kindle I, to here. Yeah. Oh no, they did. I wanna I wanna read a couple of quotes that really just stood out yeah. for me. Um the first one is um the first thing I perceive is time. 
I sense it as a slow, cruel current of enormous mess passing constantly through my body to gradually overcome me. That is just so powerful. I mean, you really feel what he is grappling with. And then my second favorite one was um, the most agonizing thing was how horrifyingly distinct the words sounded when she opened her mouth and pushed them out one by one. Just outstanding. Outstanding. Well, I I just randomly scrolled through. I do have my highlights. Um, the world is an illusion and living is a dream. It read, how is that dream so vivid? How does blood flow and hot tears gush, gush forth? Mm. I just, I feel like she's always really good. Um, and that's a sentence actually by Borges. But it, I just feel like that's, oh, I just love it. That's not even written by her and I love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that that's the other thing. So there is this Borges thing and there's... Mm -hmm. um, what's the quote in the beginning um i think this is it or close to the quote sight is the knife that lies between him and the world um and then i have his language a knife between our characters and the world um there seems to just be this very clear-cut divide yeah um Anyway, so silence is more like that which follows death, whereas in the past she had been submerged underwater, staring up at the glimmering world above. She now seems to have become a shadow, riding on the cold, hard surface of walls and bare ground, an outside observer of life contained in an enormous water tank. She can hear and read every single word, but her lips won't crack open to emit sound, like a shadow bereft of physical form, like the hollow interior of a dead tree, like that dark blank interstitial space between one meteorite and another it is a bitter thin silence mm. the writing is impeccable exactly she she's an outstanding writer it's so beautiful mm -hmm. you know i'm also i definitely want to get those other two books that i have not read and um i'll probably read those over my break at the end of the year just have me a little very weekend. yeah have me a hot cane weekend but um i only own the vegetarian um, me too me too. But I but I've read the other two. Uh, Human Acts is really good. Uh, I remember you really liking that one. It's it's more like a collection of shorter stories um or vignettes and mm -hmm. it is there's a scene where it's just you're the body at the at the at the bottom of a pile of bodies and it's, it's just I sometimes it just like I just think about that. <laughs> right. And yeah, it's really really good yeah i don't know audience have y'all read this what did you think about it have you read other work by her how do you compare them all yeah i think my problem with this was just i was so also anticipating it i didn't mm. even re I you even really were i even read it early as an arc oh and, yeah that's um, right you sure mm -hmm. did i forgot you did that this mm -hmm. was your like you were like i don't care what's on our reading schedule for the year i just want greek lessons on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I picked a dud. <laughs> I would not consider this a dud. This is not a dud. Yeah. On second read, it's 100% not a dud, but it's yeah. definitely like, it's a quiet book. Mm -hmm. It is not a poetic book, but it's more of a poetic book than it is like some really harsh, strong prose. Like it's a much more subtle, delicate book. Delicate, that might be the word. I'm yeah, I mean, for. I do find it very poetic, you know. Yeah. But um, it's definitely not a dud. It's not yeah. a dud. Mm -mm. 
Yeah. I'm kind of glad that you made me read it again. <laughs> but I was not reading it a third time because I have other things to do. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. At least um, not this year. I have other things to read this year. And I, I'll be interested to, to see what else I pick up from it or if I feel differently when I read it a second time. Yeah. You know, I feel like you see more things. And I think changing the format also really helped for me. And it gave me a different perspective on the story, which is mm -hmm. kind of why I like changing formats sometimes. Well, mm -hmm. both at the same time, I feel like they can really change the way you relate to a story. Yeah. Good and yeah. bad. But, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 So well, Overall, I'm really glad that I read it and she is still an author that excites me. Mm -hmm. So I have no regrets. Yeah. I'm glad we read it. Um, I'm curious to see what they translate next for her. I know. Yeah. I'll have to dig and see if she has anything else that has I'm not sure, been translated I'm yet. Sure I, I haven't done any research. Um, I'm sure she does. They do have, I believe there was some um random controversy about whether how much of Hong Kang is Hong Kang and how much is the translator but we can talk I mean about isn't that, that isn't that always the question so SC says I haven't read any Hong Kang the quotes you read out are very impressive mm. impressive it seems like a book I would pick up and marvel at the writing it is definitely yes. something absolutely uh, the writing is so good yep yeah it, it is not if you're looking I think that was probably some of my other things is that um like vegetarian is so sort of character driven like you're mm -hmm. or at least like there's a lot of character in yes. your main character that you're following and um white book was clearly about just like the exercise um so i wasn't looking for anything like that i was just taking each story and marveling at the writing and this i didn't realize was going to be closer to that spectrum than to the vegetarian right. so the first read was definitely a bit of a shock i think to yeah. my system. Right. A shock out of your expectation that you yeah. had for it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be. And no, that wasn't. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever it was. Yep. So whatever was in my head, no. Went off. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah. 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 We hope you get to pick it up and give it a read. Yeah. Circle back and tell us what you think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So we have more to say than we thought we would. A little bit more. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought I'd have left to say, but yeah. But Sometimes I am excited it's a to quiet book it's like it again. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, it's almost hard to articulate what you want to <laughs> say about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, anywho, anywho, the hardest part of any episode. Do you have a book recommendation? I do. So, um, I read more of Elena Ferrante's backlist for Women in Translation Month. You, you and... read Elena Ferrante? I know. <laughs> and yes, people, I'm still obsessed with this Why person. Whoever you... Elena is, I'm still obsessed. So, I read The Lying Life of Adults, and I love this book. So, we are introduced to this young girl and her mother and father, and she is very much loved and doted on by her parents. And she has a very special relationship with her dad. Uh, but one thing that she knows is that uh, they, they meaning her parents, they just do not like the father's sister 
They do not speak about her in high regard. They speak as if they have a lot of disdain for her. And uh, she's kind of like, like a monster figure in the home. And so one day the daughter overhears a parent saying that basically the little, this young girl is, uh, is reminding them of like turn it into like his sister. And this sends her down this spiral of thinking, do my parents no longer love me? Um, am I ugly? Like they say his sister is like, what's wrong with me? I mean, she goes down the deepest spiral and rabbit hole ever. And she becomes completely obsessed with number one, meeting this aunt so that she can see her with her own eyes and talk to her and try to see, do they have these, you know, ugly, you know, mean, nasty qualities with one another. And what happens is she does get to meet this aunt and you begin to see that this, there's a lot of hurt that's happened between the, the brother and the sister. And what's revealed is the things that were done that they did to each other that hurt them both. And this is a, a really good example of when um, teenagers learn that adults are very messy and that they have they have their own set of shit that they have to get through and that not everything is so black and white and that oh by the way they are also very very human um and that's all i'm going to say because i don't want to ruin anything but i really really enjoyed this story and all of these characters i i just loved it so another Fantastic read by the wonderful Elena Ferrante. And I must say also, Anne Goldstein, the translator. Well done. Well done. The Lion Life of Adults. Lovely. Yeah. You love her so much. I do. I really do. Thank you for saying we were articulate. We appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you so much. Um, I was telling Naomi before this that I'm finding it very hard to give recommendations right now because... <laughs> Uh, post Booker, I've officially read all the books that were long listed for the Booker Prize, and I am burnt the f out. The Booker <laughs> I, book cannot book. I cannot the book recommend book. any books. I am broken. I don't know. So I probably recommended these before, oh but they're God. so good, and the series, the trilogy, is completing this fall. So I'm just gonna recommend it again for anyone who <laughs> might have ruined it, and that's A Restless Truth, um, which is the sequel to a marvelous light and the third book uh, a power bound i think is the third book something to that effect uh is out um i'm gonna say november i could be wrong but it's coming out before the end of the year okay from tour and i love this series so freaking much first of all it's queer second of all there's magic third of all it's set in the edwardian period which we don't get enough Hello. edwardian period time we okay really don't. So got, we, don't. we get a lot of like victorian we get a lot of regency we don't get a lot of edwardian so Edwardian. Um, and I guess I will just sort of talk about this book because mm -hmm. this is the first one and I don't want to spoil everything. Um, and we're just kind of like open this up so that I don't um, <laughs> forget. So Robin Blythe um, is I'm just going to read to you because my brain is dead. Um, so Robin Blythe has more than enough bother in his life. He is struggling to be a good older brother, a responsible employer, and the harried baronet of a seat gutted by his late parents', parents excesses. When an administrative mistake sees him named the civil service liaison to a hidden magical society, he discovers what's been operating beneath an 
an extraordinary reality he's always known than the unextraordinary reality he's ever known. Unextraordinary. That's not even a word that hurts my brain. <laughs> um, now Robin must contend with the beauty and danger of magic, an excruciatingly deadly curse, and the alarming visions of the future that come with it. Not to mention Edwin Corsi, his cold and prickly counterpart, and the magical bureaucracy who clearly wishes Robin were anywhere were anyone or anywhere else or does he or are they going to have a little thing it has got romance it's got magic it's fun i really enjoyed it this is by freya marsk i know i didn't say her name and then a restless truth is um robin's sister and she's like on the high seas lesbians on the high seas is there anything more better than that Hello. i don't know it's so good and then it, i i need to know how it's gonna culminate <laughs> so is this a trilogy or mm -hmm. it's a trilogy? Okay. There's I'm a third book to finish this off. Coming. I'm gonna wait off. for the third book to come out and then because you sent me book no, you sent me book one, and then I'll get yeah, I'm gonna wait till it's finished. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I, I think you were asking if I wanted an wait. arc, and I think I said yes. I hope I, mean, I hope you did. Yeah. Sometimes I, I forget. Yeah. Um, thank you. I tried. I did my best. <laughs> You did a good job. I mean, you really, you really churned them out. I got, I got reviews coming out tomorrow and the next day. And then I believe we're doing a predictions live. And then Thursday is the announcement for the shortlist. Okay. So I just have to ask you because I'm just going, so like, I'm, I'm also in a group. I just, you know, I just follow along with what they're reading from the book or what their opinions are. It's just very interesting. But um, and that group, definitely uh, the beasting is a huge, huge hit. And so as, um, what is the one the old old time? What is old, it? Old, old man's um, old war, man's war time something. Old man's war. Those mm -hmm. two are seem to be. Have I lost the ability to know the the names on this stupid list? I think you just like, got confused with my sci-fi series. The, yeah, the old man's war. It. I was like, that is wrong. <laughs> That's not <laughs> it. John Scott is not on that list. Old God's time. So yeah. So in that group, it seems like the beasting and old God old God's time are. Mm -hmm some of the highlights what did you think about those two uh they're some of my favorites mm, okay uh the beasting i think is the most like commercial crossover that mm -hmm. i feel like people will really like i think like almost anybody could pick up the beasting the ending is a bit um it's a bit jarring uh, i heard they, they said that yeah in my group it mm -hmm. is it is a very good ending it just my well there's everyone's got their their either love hate or just general complaint about it it seems there's a lot of opinions on it it just felt like it was the ending to a different book almost like mm -hmm. it's just the way it's written is so different than the book before it so it, it just it really is jarring okay. um it's very tense it's very well done it i i did enjoy um like if you, there's two separate entities i do enjoy like the book and then the ending uh i still don't know if i like them together but i also don't mm. know how else you would have ended this okay interesting all right yeah this will make her so happy right now she wants to <gasps> listen listen okay okay you must that mm, everyone knows that quartet is amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. I have just sang his praises for such mm -hmm. a long time. I did read this is 2023. Yeah, I, I think I read My Brilliant Friend in 2021 and then I read it again in 2022 and then I like gobbled up the last three books. I read them all in a month. They are fantastic. 
Oh, man, I'm going to read them again during my vacation this year. At, you know, my annual end of year. I'm going to read them again. They're so wonderful. I never not think about them. <laughs> I'm serious. I never not think about them. Every time I look at them on the shelves, I just say I want to read you right now. I'm never not thinking about those books. Some books are like that. I, I love them. think the Gwendolyn Riley book I read, um, my phantoms. I think mm -hmm. she reads them with her mother, like as a way to try to like connect with her mother that she has no connection with. And it was mm. got me thinking, I'm like, hmm, do I read things mm. with my mom? Hmm. There's a thought. Yes. Yes. It's fantastic. I mean, you don't get there. I found them. I thrifted them. Yeah. I will find them and I will, I will find them. They're on the shelves. I will yes. bring them at some point. I think I only have, I think I only have two more books, two more fiction books by Elena Ferrante to read. Um, the Trouble, The Trouble with Love and The Trouble with Love and The Beach at Night. Those <laughs> are the last two that I have to read of her. And I've then I'm going to read her nonfiction ones which was also so good. That is definitely a one-sitting book. Mm. Oh, I love her. I know. I've got that special love for her, so. It's okay. I have mine. <laughs> yeah. You have yours. That's what makes the world go around. That's what makes the world go round. so. We have to film two more episodes today, and I hear I know. I know. We got to wrap it up. What the hell am I going to recommend? <laughs> what are the... Um... Are there more? Are there different covers? Are you talking about the Neapolitan novels? Are there different covers? I only know of one. Oh, with the Laura Ashley girl on it. I love those covers. I need those covers so much. I love those covers. I don't know what it is. I just love them. Because your mom didn't make you wear Laura Do I look like I would wear Laura Ashley? No. Wait till I it's mean, a little colder. My beanies will be back. I will be in my true form. Right. Exactly. 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 Uh, yeah. So anyway, fall's here, and I'm so excited for reading. And um, I'm going to start my Zadie Smith journey so that I can... Because I, I, I went to McKay a couple weeks ago. I found a copy of Skippy Dies, which was another Pearl Murray book that people love. And I only know that because I follow, um, I just forgot her name, uh, one of the book riot ladies, and she's always talked about that book. And so when I saw, I was like, oh, Liberty Hardy. I was like, oh, Liberty loves that book. And I, I trust her opinion. And I also found finally a copy of Northwest, or I think it's NW, whatever. I assume it's Northwest. So now I'm going to start my Zadie Smith journey. I put in a hold for the audiobook for the fraud so that perhaps I finish it because I tried reading it months ago and I just I remember I thought you care. finished it. No, I just stopped caring. <laughs> oh, this whole time I thought you already read the whole thing. Oh, I stopped caring. Oh, it was like, okay. Who are these people? Why are we yelling? What is happening? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. I think we're just gonna change up the format and see if I like it better. And I don't know, just so yeah. I can finish a Zadie Smith, so that then I can see if I want to read any of the I'm counting three I have behind me that I haven't read. Well, I'm not getting the fraud until I get through the Zadie Smith that I have. Um, so I've got five of her novels. I didn't. I did not get any of her 
essay collections or short stories. I just got the novels. So I'm going to read those in publication order. I mean, you can see them. I have Swing Time, uh, White Teeth, and On Beauty. I, think. I have those and the and the Auto Telegraph Man and Northwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get so, there. Yeah. I mean, she she's very... Um, I always hear very mixed things about her writing in general, but you know me, I've got to taste it for myself. I don't think I like disliked the, the writing. I just think, I don't know. I just wasn't connecting. And I, but I was also doing like a thousand other things at the time. And I just needed, I think I just need to change up the format and have me mm, focus. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. I might still hate it, but I'll have the ability to give you, might, you an actual answer. <laughs> you might, yeah, you might. Fall is going to be some busy, busy reading for me because there are some authors I've been wanting to read for a while. Like, also, I'm going to start my Marlon James journey. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back into my uh, Mr. Ripley series by Patricia Highsmith. So I've got some, some stuff I want to read. Fall's going to be real busy for me with the reading. I just want to, I just want to somehow not read all lit fic. I want to read some damn fantasy. I want swords and dragons and romance, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, just sad millennial women being mad and, you know, stabbing <laughs> men. I mean, that's great, but. Yeah. Balance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you ready to start? Because I've. I've started um, A Storm of Swords. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? Yeah. Well, um, I've tried watching with a couple of times for some reason. I'm her makes my brain tired. I've heard that before. A lot of people say they make, she makes their brain hurt or makes it just very tired. You're, you're, no. you're not, you're not the only, I've Maybe heard that from so many people. The fraud. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll try it again. You're, you're not alone in that. I have heard that so many times yeah um i i am finishing a conjuring of light which is the last book in uh a darker sheet of magic schwab's thing um but that's like my book for work and stuff and um so i'll finish that shortly and then i would like to read the the new one that's coming out but Mm -hmm. that'll come um that probably won't happen until October. I'm not going to read it like pub week or anything. But yeah. then I think I'm supposed to be starting Red Rising with Rogers Reads. Oh, I need to get in on that because I need this to reread week, the first three books. I think I'm supposed to be starting it this week because neither Roger nor I have ever read it. And I believe I agreed to read that with him. Yeah, I need to reread that because I found I found book four at one of my other McKay runs. Um, but I read the first three books of Red Rising like two or three years ago, and I just don't remember. So I need to read those again so I can then read book four and then get the other two books. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get that done before this year ends. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But maybe. Uh, I also want to start Hob. I want to start The Assassin's Apprentice. Because everyone keeps telling oh, me I'm going to Had live. you not started? Why did I think you started Because I was scared. Already? I was scared. Why? Because you're going to hate it? Yeah. Because everyone's been hyping her up. So, I mean, people, I think people have been very honest about like their hub journey. Everyone, I think the consensus is she's a great writer, but there are some books where they just, you know, they, they, they lag a little bit. Well, everyone said, I'm going to love it. Cause there's like a lot of misery and it's ah. really well written mm-hmm. and it's like right up my alley. 
Yeah. See, everyone loves help. So I will I will get there. Yeah. I I I um I am not gonna go on the hob journey. I just have absolutely no desire, but I can't wait to hear how it falls with you. Well, we have to finish thrifting the hobs because I have a bunch of them and I like those mass market paperbacks that we found. Right. Um, but I need to find all the other ones. Right. And then I do have one random hardback. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah, there's there's a lot of fantasy that I that I want to get through. Um, and sci-fi I want to get through um, this year. I want to start that Michael J. Sullivan trilogy that has Death of Swords, Rise of Empire, and Era of Navron. So I've got a lot of stuff I want to get through this year. See, but like, this is why I'm scared. Because like, what if I hate it? I mean, um, I, you just gotta or go like, for what it. What if I've been denying myself hub for so? <laughs> I think it's gonna be the latter. You're probably gonna feel like I should have read her years ago. Probably. You probably. know. Yeah, I will say that doing this reread of A Darker Shade of Magic has made me so happy because it just has like all the general elements that I really love. Like it is well written. There's mm-hmm. a good magic system. There's a little bit of romance, but it's not overshadowing anything. There's right. like it, it's it's dark enough. Like it, it could be darker, um, but that's okay. Like it is dark enough. Like it goes just far enough into the pool that I'm like satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got like a pace, like it, it it does have a lag in book two a little bit, but now like in retrospect, when I think about other books that I've read where there's a book two lag, this doesn't mm-hmm. have the same, it's not as lagging. And Interesting. I just, and have you, have you started your Raymond Feist journey? Uh, I have to get back to the magician. Um, I, I don't know if I ever finished. <laughs> I think I got distracted with something else. I think I was like really into it. And then yeah. something happened with me and Pug and I just never. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. All right. So for, for some reason, uh, Feist is also someone that like, he's becoming like a uh, popular he's like a again. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like have, they had a I hot a resurgence and that was a Feist resurgence. I have a lot of Feist. But you know yeah. who really likes Feist is um, Henry Cavill. And he's talked about it a bunch. So Oh, I think you did tell me that. Piece of that. Um, yeah. I love Priory. I was watching somebody's Priory not loving Priory review today or this morning. And I was like, <sighs> but I guess the points I were. I it. I got the points. It's like you, like the person clearly liked it enough to finish it. It's a very long book. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I liked yeah, I like, it. It made I me want it. high fantasy and it made me remember that dragons are amazing. Yeah, I liked it a lot. That was a fun buddy read too. We all read that, that together. Yeah. We were at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of buddy reads back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second the, or the first, the prequel, whatever you want to call it. The next the, one. It's the prequel. Wrote. It's the prequel. The yeah. Prequel. And it's just really weird that she's writing these all in like disjointed. She has a bunch already like there's going to be a bunch of books in this world and they're getting um, released kind of in like when she feels like writing mm. them kind of thing. So it's all going to be like, it's going to be interesting when she's done and then reading them sort of more chronologically in storyline right. than in pub chronologically. Right. I look exactly. forward to that day when exactly. I'm like 60 years old. and I can do that. Yeah. I haven't read A Day of Fall of Night yet. Um, I will whenever I get in the mood too, but. You haven't? Mm-mm. I thought I would rush to read it, but I didn't. Um, it's fine. When the moog strikes, I'll I'll read it. 
Roger and I read that together. We had a good time. Yeah. Just sending each other Voxer notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll get to it at some point. Probably next year. It's just not on my mind right now. So. I'll get there. Yeah. He I'll was very there. helpful to remind me of things that I was forgetting and stuff. He's mm-hmm. got much better. They had just read Priory, so it was kind of a nice pairing. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't yeah. have to have read them, but there is, like, you get obviously some more context or, or and there's a little more you can get out of the text when you have prior little right right um, even like down it. to like language things like you can see how the language even evolves for certain terms in the book mm-hmm. from like prequel to priory mm. sometimes i get very curious about her other series that she has i still still all going the the uh, bone bone shadow the bone, bone shadow thing? something a oh, bone season that sometimes it's i'm curious about about that but i'm like uh don't go out and buy it. given a fantasy to get through first just pump your brakes ma'am so yes well all right anyway we, we gotta, gotta wrap, wrap it up because we gotta record two more episodes <laughs> thanks for tuning in yes thanks for tuning right. in let us know your thoughts on greek lessons if you've read it um yeah or if any of hong kang you've read Tell yeah any hong kang love or hate it i mean if you hate it you hate it <laughs> yeah share your thoughts yeah. Share your thoughts and follow us everywhere. TBR Lowdown. Visit our website, tbrlowdown.com. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Bye. Bye. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcast and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at tbrlowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time.